When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I or post game. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by the precocious Ben White, the venerable John Schuster. By the way, get on to go become a PHNX diehard and get one of these very cool BTFD shirts right here. Very cool. You will thank me later for it. Everybody is getting them. Get in on this gravy train while you can. Even the great Jacob Franklin was seen wearing one of these today. But all right, guys, um, Arizona Southern, this was not a pretty win. Um, well, I guess what we'll talk about first is the turnovers. Um, you had almost 20 turnovers in the first half. Uh, ben, Shu, is this something that you worry a little bit about? Yeah, I think Arizona in that first half, they were definitely sleepwalking to a certain extent, um, looked a little bit hungover from Friday, you know, taking some careless shots and just turning the ball over left and right. I mean, they ultimately did finish with, what, 23? So I know a good majority of those were in the first half. So to only finish with 23, I know it sounds kind of crazy to say, but actually a good thing. But by and large, Arizona, you know, we've seen them in these spots, especially in these non-conference games where they come out, they play down to their competition. They aren't really ready to go. But as a result, you know, what's a little bit different in this game, and I think what you have to be pretty happy about is they responded right away in that second half. Um, coming out, 31-point lead, keeping the foot on the gas pedal in that second half, Mike, and I think that's the key. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. John Schuster. They were not, uh, they, they were flat early. That's uh, not an epiphany. Uh, and, and you know, there were, uh, sir, it almost looked in the early stages like Arizona was playing drumline basketball. <laughs> oh, you can you can do that. Oh, well, then guess what? We can shoot three pointers, too. And Arizona did shoot three pointers and missed a hell of a lot of them. Right. And uh, I think Southern's quickness and uh, tenacity uh, was getting the better of them. I think at one point Southern led 1915 and then they made uh, a, a mistake. They went all John L. Sullivan against Keisha Johnson. And that changed the entire complexion of the game. It was about 11 minutes to go in the first mm -hmm. half. And who knows, maybe this thing was going to get to that point anyway, since Arizona dominated over the course of the last, well, 30 minutes and clearly in the second half. But that was, if there's such a thing as a turning point where Arizona's a 31-point favorite and wins by the, the mid-30s, uh, you know, you could look at that one sequence as something that maybe woke up the Cats a little bit. They were much better on the defensive end, and they did a they did a significantly better job doing what it was they should have done from the get go uh, to put this game away. I think a lot of it too is I think some of it you can attribute to just being kind of a hangover effect from Duke. Listen, you have a you have a huge win against Duke Friday night. You don't get back into your own bed until probably Saturday. And Four or five a.m. You wake up today. You're ranked number three in the country. There's something to be said yeah. to for all right. Now we got Southern coming to town. Um, these aren't professionals. These are still kids. At the end of the day, I give them a little bit of a pass, even though some might not. 
Yeah, and listen, it's November thirteenth. It's not. It's not early March. It's not late February. So take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean for sure, Arizona definitely started out in a tough spot. They found a way to overcome that. I thought really that technical foul, kind of that offset, yeah. really woke them up. And after that, you just saw Johnson go crazy. I mean, he was doing good things from the get-go. By the way, um, it's hard to say who this team's best player is. I know a lot of folks want to say Caleb Love. You can make the en- argument with Johnson. But, Mike, I'll say this about Johnson. His energy, what he brings, this team, I think, really feeds off of that. And it, just based on the tone that he went out there and what he set tone-wise, I thought the Cats did a good job of responding. Now, granted, a lot of turnovers early for him in the first half of that game, but he was just trying to be aggressive. I mean, he was at least going to the basket, doing what he does best. I mean, you're out there against, let's be quite honest, you're a bunch of midgets. It's not like Southern had any size whatsoever. Hey, the be only nice, be nice. Yeah, the only thing they could do is run and gun, and they were going to either shoot lights out or shoot terribly, which came into reality there in the second half. But point being, when you've got a guy like that, Mike, all you got to do is get the ball inside to him. Just get the ball inside to Johnson as many times as possible. Get the ball inside to Balo. You're a lot bigger. You're a lot stronger than this team. It's that simple, really. John Schuster, we coined the term the four peaks last year. The four peaks movement Lee lives on with Keyshaw Johnson, but it also leads on with... The Four Peaks, the official brew of PHNX Sports. Visit fourpeaks.com backslash locator to find all your favorite brewery, tours, and events. Check out Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest of Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly. And you know where you could maybe get some Four Peaks from time to time, fellas? Uh, Probably a few places and one that you're going to pick out uh, specifically, I'm guessing. Circle K, my friends. Okay. Circle K. By the way, the cheapest gas in Tucson right now, I have it on good authority, is on 12th and Ajo. If you make your way down there, um, maybe, you know, just I'm saying, don't take my word for it. Go check it out. But Circle K, my friends, that's what you want to do. Join the inner circle today. That never gets old. For free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. All right, Shu, Ben White actually made a good point there. Um, when he was talking about uh, uh, Keyshaw Johnson and you and uh, uh, Rob Lance and I were uh, texting a little bit back and forth about this. He is a uh, he's a unique player uh, at Arizona in that he's you guys were going back and forth. Is he Bennett Davison? Is he Aaron Gordon? What is he? But he's about six foot seven and you you feel very comfortable if he's guarding a shooting guard or if he's guarding a center. He also kind of sets that physical tone for this team that, quite frankly, they haven't had. Yeah, it helps a lot when you have a guy with that kind of versatility. And the great thing is you come from a program that plays defense. You know what it is, what, what's expected out of you. And uh, it's something that Arizona needs from a physicality standpoint. And I'm not terribly worried about what he does on the offensive end because I think he's going to get opportunities based on Arizona's system. But the way that he can set a tone along with some of Arizona's more athletic wings goes a long way to giving them something that they haven't had Uh, in the early stages of Lloyd. But one of the things that I find kind of um, maybe fascinating, and I I feel this way based on just the way that this team is constructed. What was it, 2013 and 2014 when Gordon played at uh, Arizona and Hollis Jefferson was on that team, uh, the Miller team as well. And our repeated frustration was what (laughs) if this team played a little bit more aggressive defense on the perimeter and had a willingness to run? 
Well, guess what? We got we, it. We might yeah. get to find this out 10 years later. Right. That'll be fantastic. Right. Uh, so enjoy that. I think Arizona's going to score off of its uh, aggressive defense. And guys like Johnson and the wing players are going to play a big role in that. Yeah, Ben, that's a, that's a huge part of it, right? Uh, is that he, uh, Keyshaw Johnson is, he's that, I mean, Arizona just, I, and I think there's a big part of it too, is just the emotional aspect that he brings. Arizona didn't have anybody like this last year. When Arizona faced physical player or physical teams, sometimes, well, in the postseason, it kind of wilted at times. I mean, you know, yep. certainly against Princeton. That really, I don't think that that happens with Keyshawn Johnson. And again, a lot of that too is where he's been from, his experience. He was in the national title game last year. Um, he's got a little bit more offense than I think that, uh, at least that I uh, that I expected him to have. Mm-hmm. He and, uh, uh, and we'll get to Caleb Love here in a minute, but he has been a very, very, uh, he's been a seamless addition. How about I say that? Well, they're dogs for sure. And what was Arizona missing last year? They were missing an athletic guy who could take guys off the dribble and a guy who could create their own shot. And they just didn't have that. And you have that now, whether it's Johnson, whether it's Love, somebody even like KJ Lewis, he hasn't quite found his shot, but he's just so young. I mean, he's athletic. He can get to the rim. He can take guys off. It's just a very athletic and just entirely different construction team compared to last year. And when you guys have a multitude of guys who can do all those things, um, whether it's love making shots from the outside or, or getting to the rim and getting to the free throw line, which he does a heck of a job doing, by the way, uh, Johnson, same thing, right? Knows how to get to the rim, knows how to get to the line. Just a bunch of different guys. I mean, you've got the versatility, you've got the athleticism, and that's really what's been missing here, I think, the last year and a half since we lost somebody like Benedict Matherin. You just didn't have that type of guy. Um, he's somebody who was really missing last year against Princeton in that NCAA tournament game. And now you would only have one guy. You've got a number of different guys, Mike, who are dogs. And I think from a matchup standpoint, we talked about this after the Duke game. When you look at what Arizona can do from a roster construction standpoint, I'm not talking talent. I'm not talking physicality. All that's all well and good. But I think matchup-wise... They match up very well against most of these teams throughout the country. I'm not saying they're the most talented or they're the best team, but from a matchup standpoint, I would take them almost over anybody at this point. I know it's early. John Schuster, I see the light bulb flickering. Do you? No, that's uh, just glare off the uh, dome. Uh, I wanna, basketball is largely a trickle-down game. And where Arizona, the availability that Arizona has this year, that maybe it didn't, that, that clearly it didn't have last year. And again, it, the last two years at Arizona have been good. The Cats have done a lot of good things. But yep. one of the areas, and, and I think the Princeton game showed this, Arizona at times became a one-dimensional team. And in, after a while, Tabellus was very often the guy who you went to to try to ultimately make something happen. And, you know, that became, uh, you know, that 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 became problematic at times. Arizona now has a bunch of guys who can do different things, get into the lane. If you can get in the lane with their passing and their ability to move without the ball, they're a team that, uh, you know, puts you in a difficult situation. And I think Johnson is probably better offensively because he's in a better offensive system. As right. opposed to being in a system like San Diego State, where you're not allowed to score, uh, <laughs> first one to yeah. forty wins. <laughs> yeah, there's something illegal. There, there's some legislative edict on the book that I'm not quite aware of, but uh, but I've seen enough San Diego State basketball over the years to just assume that that must be the case. Right. At Arizona, he has opportunities uh, because the system is so much better uh, from an overall offensive standpoint. So penetration, movement. Uh, 
and, uh, you, you know, being able to get into the right position to make things happen uh, gives you an opportunity to do a lot of good things. And so what you'll have is this trickle-down effect where if one guy can get into the lane, now you can kick it out to someone who might have an open look or he can make the extra pass, and that guy will get an open look. Maybe you're in position to get a rebound on a second shot opportunity. There's a lot of pressure – if Arizona handles things from a turnover standpoint and cleans that up, as they did in the last 30 minutes of the game, then the Cats are going to be difficult to deal with. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that uh, immensely. As far as recruiting news, Will Perry, um, Zoom Diallo, I would be very surprised if he ends up coming to the U of A, but I would love to be wrong on that one. I want to talk about the wings and the athleticism here. But first, Desert Financial Credit Union, my friends. Desert Financial Credit Union. Here's the deal with them. All right. Now, again... Join a credit union that is committed to giving back to the community and sharing success with members. Ben White, living in the slums of Orange County right there, might might say, you know what, Desert Financial Credit Union could possibly help me. And you know what, if it can help Ben White, it can help anybody. You're not, it's not a lost cause. When you open a free checking account online, get $200 in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200 all right, now let's do Desert Financial Credit Unions by the numbers presented by Desert Financial Credit Union, America's number one credit union named by Forbes. All right, you know what this says on the left right here, guys, and what the other one on the right says? The team on the right stinks. The team on the left doesn't. 23 turnovers. You still kick their butt. Um, this was just a mismatch on a talent level there, fellas. So a couple you mean weeks. Go ahead, Ben. So you mean to tell me if a team scores 31 points over the opposition, they're the much better team then, huh? Especially when you turn the ball over 23 times and you yeah. still whoop them down. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And I think that goes to show, too, when you look at that 53% from the field, Arizona is a really good shooting team. And I think the one thing I would add, too, is the assist numbers. I mean, the majority of their shots, I mean, they had, what? 21 assist on 31 shots. I mean, that's spectacular. And I think that's something that really goes underrated when you talk about just Shu mentioned the flow of the offense and somebody like Johnson playing in a system like this. It's all about moving and passing the ball. And it's not, you know, let's just swing the ball around the perimeter. Nobody wants it. It's no, let's let's set things up. Let's scheme it in a way that everybody's getting involved and we're taking the most sharp, uh, sh uh, sharp, efficient shot possible. I think that's what that team uh, did tonight there, especially in that second half. So if they can keep things up and if they can work inside out, I think that's going to be the key for them because of just the athleticism and the length they have up front um, with Ballo and, and Johnson. Right. If they can really work that game, especially against opponents, like Southern, like Belmont, et cetera, right? I think that's going to be the key for them, and you're going to continue to see the Cats do well offensively. John Schuster. I think, I think uh, much like the way that uh, they were able to drive into the lane and make things happen, it was very similar to a couple weeks ago, me personally driving someone to Desert Financial. It was a win-win <laughs> for everybody involved. It was a win for the client of Desert Financial who liked that institution, and it was a win for the Wildcats tonight. Ben, you did say shard. I did say shard, yes. You know, there that is that a popular term with the kid with the Gen Zers? You're a Gen Zer, right, Ben? Uh, am I am I a Gen Z or a millennial? I'm a technically a Gen Zer, I think. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'm a millennial, my friends. Um, let's see here. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the athleticism and the strength on the wings. That's another thing that was different. Last year, you had some really unathletic. John Schuster. I see. What are you doing right there, John Schuster? Uh, I'm a Stonehenger. 
All right, you are a Stonehenge. Yeah, I'm made for, I'm made for, you know, bragging about what uh, generation we are. I'm basically a Stonehenge. Okay, uh, we need to talk. We're going to talk about Philly B here in a second because you guys are all right about Philly B. Um, but what I love about this team as well, you've got size and you've got length on the perimeter, on the wings. Last year, you had Kirk Carissa, 6'1", Kylan Boswell, 6'1", Courtney Ramey, 6'2". And then you had Pella Larson, but you had Seth Henderson. Now you come at them, now you can come at teams with length and athleticism, somewhat similar to those 2013 and 14 teams that played at a snail's pace, John Schuster. Yeah, and uh, again, and, and you know, for those of you who uh, you know really uh, were frustrated, like a lot of us uh, were watching uh, that Arizona team, which was loaded with talent and had opportunities to uh, break, couldn't score Arizona, to save their life, <laughs> but couldn't score based on the style and the system that they played. That was anathema to what the athleticism on that roster had. Right. Uh, and 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 those years were frustrating because Arizona still made deep tournament runs, but clearly should have had opportunities to snap Arizona's woefully long absence uh, from the final four. Who knows what happens in this category? If Arizona's healthy, you have to anticipate the cats are going to be a one, two or three seed again. And if they're in that position with this kind of versatility, granted, we're two games into the season, but you feel good about the way things are looking. Let's not minimize, too, what John Schuster said before. after, I believe it was Morgan State, where John Schuster said two things, two things. An oracle of knowledge, a beacon of light in an uncertain time, John Schuster. Arizona was going to beat Duke, and at some point they will be ranked number one in the country. Ben White, this is why we hang out with John Schuster. Hey, that, that John Schuster guy is on to something. I'd like to meet him sometime. Oh, yes. God. Wow, you need to set your standards higher than that, <laughs> dude. Yeah. All right, we, let's talk Philly B. Um, Philly B's kind of been a, uh, I don't want to say a running joke because Philly B is, uh, here's my Philly B story. I've told this a few times. Um, but at media day last year, every time I would ask Philly B a question, well, you know, what's your favorite thing to do? He would say something and then he would ask, and then he would say to me, and what about yourself? And then I asked him, I said, so where do you, where is your favorite place to eat? And he says, oh, I like uh, Chipotle. And and you, so you could tell that somebody was telling him that's the way that you converse. So I always maybe he a, wants to know where you like to eat, Mike. He you don't doesn't know. care what I what I eat. No, I like the Del Taco cheeseburger, Philly B. Um, is Philly B good? Is Philly B somewhat of a contributor now or down the road? What are we thinking right now? I, I like that pass that he had, that entry pass um, that led to a a score. But I mean, he's he's kind of your what. 10, 11 guy on John Schuster. Rotation, what is your right? opinion on Philly B? Uh, is that a kind of cheesesteak? <laughs> yes, I know. You can get it from Filiberto's. So, well, sweet. Yeah, that's right up my alley. Uh, that's that's a not my favorite restaurant, but I'll uh, head there anyway. I think, uh, hey, you know, if they, I, I thought it was interesting kind of in the last 10 minutes of the game as Arizona still tries to figure out what its uh, – rotation is going to be there was a and I think we're going to see this in the non-conference and and frankly the conference schedule with some consistency is that Arizona will play a lot of games where they're dominating and be able to still kind of try to figure out what it is that the uh you know what what it is the slate is and a lot of those bench players are going to get a fair amount of time there in the in a lot of the last 10 minutes when you uh, went to the UN uh contingent uh you had you had a lot, some interesting ball movement, and almost felt like a 
you know, the like, like the St. Mary's teams, uh, you know, where where everybody knows exactly where the other person's going to be. There was some good continuity going on. You know, there are there's there there are obviously limitations in terms of what they can do on the defensive end with any consistency and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, I like that they're on this roster and the way this uh, schedule lays out. Obviously, there are some great games where they're not going to get a lot of playing time. But there are also a fair amount of Southerns on the schedule where they will. And I think that gives them an opportunity to uh, improve. On a lot of these situations, what you're looking at are kids with skills uh, who maybe lack some lateral movement defensively. And I think that's the thing that uh, they can exploit. And and that's kind of going to be the reason in the early stages that, that you see a lot of these guys aren't on the floor. Let's say you're like John Schuster and you like desert metal. <laughs> Sounds exactly like that. I have seen Mike Luke on stage in his second life perform that very song. He does it incredibly live, everybody. You should see it. Or you're like me and you live right by the rock where the great little peep passed away. I have no clue little peep was. You know about this shrine, John Schuster. Yes, I do know about the shrine. I also know about a lot of the rocks lineup, which basically is you being on stage playing desert metal in your second uh, alternate lifestyle. And unfortunately, I can hear it from my house. No, I I bet you can. Right. But let's just say that you were looking to get into one of these concerts last second. And of course, they're packed and you can't get in. I tell you where you can find yeah. these, John Schuster. Tears, tears where? White. Where can I get in the door? Because I can't get in the door otherwise. And the tear ducts, they fill up. And boo-hoo-hoo, boo. It's like an ocean. It's like surf waves. It's like when Kevin Woodman is surfing on the coast. It's nothing but big waves and salt flowing out of my eyes. It's tears and tears and tears and tears. But I don't want to cry, Mike Luke. How do I not cry? All right, you get game time. That's it. It's that simple. Download the Game Time app. Do it right now, everybody. Create an account and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time app today. Again, lowest prices guaranteed, my friends. And let's just say that you're going into this and you're like, man, I do not want to listen to any of this music right here. This sounds absolutely terrible. OGs has you covered right here. OGs, my friends. Okay, here's the deal. Um, welcome. Uh, let's see. Actually, no. There's all these weird, diff- different reads right here. Um, we're taking outside shots with Eddie John. Uh, Eddie Johnson. We are brought to you by our friends at OGs Brands. All kinds of different OGs things. Um, just all right. Here's the deal. I'll just this read is, this. This disclaimer. is a top five Mike Luke read. Okay, this is so a OGs terrible read. Yes, let's just get back to the disclaimer, the call for action. Just head to uh, www.zenleafdispensaries.com, find your closest location, order your favorite OG's gummies for yourself, and enter discount code PHNX to get 20% off at checkout. This deal is exclusive to our PHNX listeners, and reminder, it's available only for online pickup orders. Discount code PHNX is active until November 30th. Maybe you'll even see the great Jacob Franklin there at some point. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. I don't know. Um, Now, um, let's talk a little bit about this team, though, vis-a-vis the uh, addition and subtraction of Kirk Creesa. We haven't really talked about that much. Um, You watch this team. There's definitely a very – there's definitely a different – 
You just don't have all the you don't have all the weird stuff going on. What do you guys say? I'm not wording this properly. Maybe too many OGs. What say you, Ben? What say you, Shu? <laughs> yeah, I think Carissa, you know, at this point, right, you know, did some really good things for Arizona, but when the high was high, the low was also low. And I think you saw that come into fruition last year where he just was a- unable to find his shot, you know, come stretch time. And as good as he was at times when it came to moving the ball and all that good stuff and his assist numbers were great. And I totally get all that. There's something to be said about a point guard and a guard that can take guys off the bounce, who can be athletic, who can get to the rim, who can distribute, who can shoot very well. And the problem you ran into with Krisa is when he wasn't shooting very well, there wasn't really anything else he could do out there on the floor. And unfortunately, when Arizona was matched up against more athletic teams, teams with maybe offenses that have faster pace, it was really tough for him because you couldn't really hide him or ask him to do much. Not very big, not very athletic, couldn't really make up for it on the defensive end, couldn't really get to the rim or create his own shot. You get the point with that. Point being, when you look at Love, when you look at Kylan Boswell, totally different dynamic. You know, Love goes without saying, when he's not shooting, he's shown at least early on here at Arizona that he's willing to do other things. I mean, you saw that in the Duke game. He played a heck of an effort on the defensive end. He was distributing the ball, getting the ball down below to Johnson and Ballo. And, and Boswell's the same way, right? He can make the clutch three. He can make the clutch shot when you need him to. But he also knows how to run the offense and, and move the ball effectively down the floor. And this team's going to be in a really position, a good position if those two guards continue to do that. And you just didn't have that last year. Totally different dynamic with Creesa. I think it was addition by subtraction, uh, getting rid of Creesa and what they brought in, Schuster. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm in between. Uh, it's a little bit closer to in between. You're just such a meanie when it comes to Creesa. Here's, you know, to a large degree, it's easy to bag on the guy who isn't here anymore. Sure. And I know I- that he was, um, you know, there, there were polarizing aspects of his game. But guys like Creesa in the early stages of a rebuilding program, you need. And and the, two man, and the two man game between Teresa and Tabellus was good, right. and, and and it helped Arizona win a lot of games. So what happens when you have a guy like you know that you're limited in what you can be as a program with a guy like Creesa on your roster? You, you know, great great enthusiasm. You know, very uh, again a very polarizing player from I think an Arizona fan base and from other folks who watched him. Uh, you know, understandably, but. If you're another recruit and Arizona comes to you and says, we want you to play at that school and you're good, your Boswell, your love, your, you know, some uh, one of the guards who Arizona is looking at to try to replenish the roster in the future. And you're looking at a team that over the last two years has been 61 and one in a major conference. 61 and one. Uh, 61 and 11. Man, man, there's so many ones that sometimes I lose one here and there, or I'm just the zero and I forgot. John Wooden uh, is John Wooden is shaking in his grave, right? Shaking, shaking in his grave. Well, you know, that's, yeah, whatever. Go ahead. Well, it is Don of the dead. Uh, <laughs> but the, the gist of it is if you're a better recruit, and a, a, a more highly uh, a kid with better talent, and in two years the program that's talking to you was sixty-one and eleven and winning with Kirk Creesa at the point guard position. You're thinking, what can they do with me? Right. And that yeah. is, and, and that's exactly what building blocks are. Arizona uh, and Lloyd, I think, as, as frustrating as the entire Creesa time frame was, probably for him. Uh, 
you know, it was one of those things where he provided an opportunity based on the system for Arizona to succeed to a certain level, but it wasn't the level that Arizona required. Was he? But in the early stages, it was the level that Arizona needed to get to before they could establish uh, what I hope we're seeing as a as a g- general baseline now. Let me ask you this. Tony, our good friend Tony Jamino always uh, says um, uh, that Mike Stoops was the coach that could get you to uh, point C to point B, but he was never going to be able to get you to point A. You were always going to be maxed out with him, but he could get you a certain floor level. Was that Kirk Kreese as point guard at the U of A? Yeah, probably. I, oh. I, I think that's a pretty uh, reasonable. I, I mean, anytime you're channeling Jamino, even if it was a comparison. What does that, that guy know? <laughs> e- e- even if it was a comparison that Jamino did not endorse or openly condone, uh, it, it still gives you an opportunity to get away with a little bit more than you probably should, kind of like Kirk Kreese did when he pushed the boundaries at the University of Arizona. We're going to talk about it. We're going to make fun of ASU here in a couple minutes. But first, DraftKings, my friends, DraftKings, all kinds of stuff. John Schuster, when he is not on here and when he is not Schubering, John Schuster is watching NBA basketball nonstop. Here's what I know about the NBA. Apologies for interrupting your DraftKings read, okay? We have a good friend, our good friend, Nate Rady. Nate, Nate Rady used to work with us on the radio side of things. He's yeah. been a teacher for a number of years. He teaches fifth graders locally. Here's, what the, here's the only thing I can take out of the NBA. It looks like Nate Rady assigned his fifth grade kids to go to a paint store. Whether it was Glidden or Sherman Williams, I don't exactly know which. And he said, you know what? Find wood, throw the most obnoxious color you possibly can find on a court and call it the in-season tournament. That's oh, about gosh, that, all, that. that's about all I know about the NBA. But anyway, please proceed with your uh, excellent DraftKings read. Well, I mean, yes, this read goes without saying. New customers can score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets for only throwing five dollars down on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. What kind of a that's this kind of situations we like where it doesn't matter. You're going to give me money. I will take this. All right. Now, here's the disclaimer. Everybody stay with me. Last time I read this, we actually went up by six listeners. Uh, So here we go. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensing partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. As I've told everybody on here, I've been to Lake Charles. I did not like Lake Charles, but the casino actually was kind of cool. 21 up. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. That's for you, John Schuster. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources do apply all right now it's time for our DraftKings pick of the week my friends here's my DraftKings pick of the week i am back in the a i am picking arizona to beat utah and if arizona Mm. wins out all of a sudden it's kind of where you start saying that maybe arizona could play in the pac-12 championship game what say you guys that is a interesting thought there, Mike Luke. We do need some things to go right for that to happen, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later. We need to be Oregon State fans. I will also take Arizona to beat Utah this weekend. What say you, John Schuster? 
Wow. That was uh that that's that that's gonna hey Arizona foot Arizona football wide's playing well, but I'll go in a different route if we're uh playing general uh Yeah, do whatever you want. Oh good, okay. Uh bet the Golden Knights, bet the Boston Bruins, and bet against the San Jose Sharks. Period. The end. That's all that's all I do. Also, also do not get caught. Oh, oh, and also randomly. When DraftKings gives you a promo uh, as to what team, what NFL team on a Monday night is going to get into the red zone first, since that's a coin flip bet, just pick the team that has better odds. Like tonight, Denver, for instance. You could have on that bet with the big promo gambler that I am. You know, where, end up winning. Where, where you? I have no idea. Where you get this? Uh, where you get these uh, ten dollar bets with, with the promos? Huge. I'm, I'm, I'm clearly. Clearly, I'm throwing up big money all over the place here. But you win eight bucks on that bet with Buffalo, or you win 17 with Denver. So it's worth losing the 10 and taking a flyer on Denver. Right. Tied so, all right. So, so here I am spending big bucks tonight because of that bet alone. But I am annoyed that Arizona did not uh, get the over uh, because that ruined my parlay, which included Xavier covering the 17. Well, there you go, right there. All right, now let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, what I think is going to be a huge part of this. Uh, thank you, Patrick Stark, the great Patrick Stark. Thank you. Um, but this team's depth is very, very impressive, and that they bring in players off the bench that will not end up uh, being uh, uh, reconciled to the bench uh, permanently later on. Uh, Mount Crevis, or as Brian Jeffries was calling him, Mo Crevis. I love hearing Brian Jeffries, of all people, call somebody <laughs> Mo. It was fantastic. <laughs> Mo Crevis, um, KJ Lewis. Those two dudes are both playing. I have been telling John Schuster from day one that KJ Lewis athletically is a son Adams. He still scoffs at me a little bit, but you are going to see this one, my friend. This is the face of scoffing right here. He's not a son Adams. This is the face of scoffing. Eventually, the scoffing face might say, Mike Luke, you're right. He's Hassan Adams. But so far, he's not Hassan Adams. What about Mo Crevis? Is there he Hassan Adams? Crevis, yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. Crevis was the difference maker tonight, as weird as that sounds. He was he was, he was the one guy who pretty clearly, for obvious reasons, was so, he, Southern was going to be overmanned anyway, but that was the real indication earlier uh, in the earliest portion of the game that, you, you know, that was going to be a problem. Krebus, Krebus has been... He's good. He's really good. Yeah. And and what I liked in the Duke game and I thought was interesting about what Arizona can eventually be with its bigger lineup. They're very much, I think, a wear-you-down team. But the thing that I like, and and I know you guys are hearing this a lot, is how Crevis is better than Ballo, and maybe Ballo doesn't necessarily fit into the style that Arizona wants to play and so forth. But I think Crevis provides a possibility that Ballo is much more instrumental later in games. Mm -hmm. And I felt mm -hmm. that was something that came to the fore in the Duke matchup, where it looked like Crevis was really good for, was the better interior player for 30 minutes. But when the game slows down a little bit and you have to go into half court and you play a possession by possession style, Ballo's sheer size kind of wears on the other team a little bit, and then he can get some good looks, and Arizona's just as effective, if not more import, uh, potent, on the inside. Ben White, yeah, I, I see you disagreeing with this. 
Oh, totally, totally. No, I think I think Crevis is a unique player, and I think he brings just a, a different dynamic because, like Shu said, when teams are playing fast and when the ball is moving up and down the court at lightning speed, especially when you got a team like Southern that's just all guard and and all shooting, I think somebody like Crevis gives you a lot better of a shot just because he can do a little bit more, you know, up front. I think he's a lot more versatile. I think he's a guy who uses his length very well. He can get the rebound, he can dunk, but he can also you know, on the defensive end, bring you a little bit of toughness and physicality that that Ballo just can't because he's just a bigger guy. He's more of an anchor. He's kind of the guy you just want it to hang under the basket to get the rebound. And it's not to say that Arizona doesn't need that, but it's also nice to have a player like Crevis who I think is a lot farther along than, you know, maybe some people anticipated. So moving forward, you've got two legitimate centers, which is a great thing. This is why evaluating international players is something that uh, fake scouts like Shear, sorry, Shear, should just uh, <laughs> should should stop doing. Um, it's impossible to tell. Look at Henry Vasar, Anthony Humbert's guy, and uh, Henry Vasar. He came in as a top 30 recruit. Henry Vasar, not a top 30 recruit. Mount Crevis, or as Brian Jeffries calls him, Mo Crevis. Um, Mo Crevis, Mo Problems, my friends. B I G P O P P A, running from the D E A. How about that's for you, Dennis Walsh? Um, that should be for all of us. Don't, that- don't, don't save that for just one person, please. That's for it's Please also for play kids. that as part of your uh, desert metal concert. It's also uh, for the greatest kids. hits yeah, as well. Yes, KIDZ. Um, yes, exactly. What was I talking about? Mo Crevis, um, Vasar. Oh, big yeah. Guys, it's impossible to. It's impossible. To, it's impossible to evaluate <laughs> international players. You just don't know. Mo Crevis, Mo Crevis, Mo problems was a uh, was considered like the 125th best player in this recruiting class. Sorry, I'm going to go on record and say there's not 124 better players that are freshmen in the country right now. It's just impossible to tell. You don't know because a lot of this is Zabruder film. Jacob Franklin just messaged me, by the way, and says, are you going to rap tonight? Jacob Franklin, I just did rap tonight, buddy. Come on, Jacob Franklin. You're not paying attention. Go back and clip oh, that. Oh, he's paying attention. Right. Um, is there uh, by a the way, who, who's the Lithuanian? The uh, Polly M. Paulius yeah. Morauskas. By the way, we have the Ooh, best. I think he has he has a really good skill set. Mm-hmm. You can see a positive upside with him as an addition to this roster. We have the best Jersey Shore uh, players on this team. Pauly M, Philly B. Um, you, you know that Jersey Shore was in town this week, right? I know. Uh, yeah, they were at Cobra. Hmm. They were all over the place. They were they were downtown on a consistent basis. You, uh, I know this not because I drove J Wow, because I drove a bunch of people who wanted to see J Wow. Yes, and the rest of the contingent. I don't know if they were at any, any of these places that everybody that 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 the the social media paradigm says mm-hmm. that they were, but it seems like they were all over town. Was uh, the and, cider and, sensei and, keeping and, an eye? And on the locals wanted to see them. Right. They're keeping an eye or multiple eyes on yes. the side or sensei. My Meisner, uh, T, uh, to Tommy or uh, TLN. It was uh, three weeks uh, um, with it looking more like three than six. We'll find out, but he'll be back. Um, now uh, let's see here. I disagree with this. Aaron Walsh, Kirk Walters sucked. Um, Crevis <laughs> has the hands of Kirk Walters. I don't see any of that. Kirk Walters uh, was just not a good basketball player. Crevis is. Ben White, you have no clue who Kirk Walters is. You have more of an idea who Zachary Taylor is than this. <laughs> Schuster, slap Aaron Walsh around for us. Aaron, we love you. Come on, Aaron. 
Come on, on Aaron. Come on. Come on. Krivas has much better hands. And if Krivas has Kirk Walters' hands, I don't want to hear about all the weird stuff they're doing in the Baltic. I, I hope that Kirk Walters still has his hands and that Krivas has his original hands. If they both have their original hands, and at the time they had their original hands and they were Division I eligible, I think Krivas' hands are better and more conducive for basketball than Kirk Walters were on a more consistent basis. Kirk Walters always struck me as the guy that needed a little bit more, let's just say, uh, high fiber and ultra low net carbs. Hero bread for Kirk Walters. Check it out. Right now, Hero Bread is offering listeners 10% off their first order. Just go to Hero.co and use code PHNX to save on Hero Bread today. That's Hero.co to save 10% off. Ben White, when he's talking about sh uh, sharding, is actually thinking about Hero Bread. <laughs> this is true. Whatever you want to be true, Mike. All right, Patrick Stark. We appreciate you, Patrick Stark. Um, yeah. Uh, Krivis has already scored more career points than Kirk Walters. That was a cheap shot, Aaron Walsh. Come on. Come on. All right. Um, I want to make fun of ASU here for a second. ASU, uh, Ray Anderson has announced that he is uh, resigning, which has been. And who broke that story, Mike, exactly? By, who broke that? By the way, this is really funny. This is really stupid. Mike Luke broke the story of Ray Anderson resigning. All these other people tried hopping on after me, but the timestamp is there on Twitter. Mike Luke broke that Arizona State Athletic Director Ray Anderson is out. Jacob Franklin, the great Jacob Franklin, you can even text in here, uh, can confirm this. Here's what I'm going to say about this. It doesn't matter who the athletic director is at ASU. They're always going to have real problems as long as Michael Crow is there. When you have a president that doesn't care about sports, that uh, looks at sports as something about, um, you know, that's something that you have to put up with. Sorry. You're always, that's always going to be a problem. Crow, you've been admiring Herb or Herb Crow. You've been admiring. <laughs> talk about a Freudian slip if there ever was one. For longer than I care to admit. Who would you rather have running an athletic department, Herb Crow or Michael Crow? Uh, I think uh, Jesse Crow if it involved a station vehicle. <laughs> yes, yeah, there, I would, yeah, there yes, you go. I would agree with this. But shoot, joking aside, and Ben as well. If you have a president that doesn't care about sports and actually just puts up with it and tolerates it, sometimes you're going to be limited right there. I, and I also don't think that this is something where um, when you're openly hostile towards sports, it's different to me than being a president that just kind of tolerates it. Because again, Crow clearly didn't understand what streaming was. He didn't want to go to the, uh, to the big 12. Um, he got into an open, uh, open air argument with Ray Anderson about needing better facilities at uh, Wells Fargo arena shoe. I say that Michael Crow will lead them to doom as long as he is there. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, because and uh, if that's the case, then in a weird way, and I'm not a Ray Anderson fan necessarily by any stretch of the imagination from an AD standpoint, but they were close to being what could have been under Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards was a was was a modern baseball hire, home run or strikeout, and and there are a lot of both. And Edwards was maybe one year away because that team was getting loaded with talent. They were having they they were stringing some get to, together some really nice recruiting classes. They might have the Heisman front runner at LSU they, now. They had some four or five, which uh, baffles me, but nevertheless, oh, they had uh, some. They 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 had a lot more four and five stars. Edwards was not a shall we say details guy, 
But in terms of being able to motivate and get kids on campus, he did a pretty darn good job. And then things went, you know, it's sort of like uh, it's a lesser version of Harbaugh at Michigan where you start to get arrogant and you really do dumb things that you don't necessarily need to do from an overall recruiting standpoint. See, I think it's a worse. Uh, I think it's I think it's so, way worse because you were in the middle of a pandemic and you have well, clear rules that say you can't recruit now and you're bringing sure, kids well, on campus. Well, well, the point is the the point is that you're more not what's worse and what isn't worse and who's suspended what the the point more is you shouldn't have to do that in the first place. Sure. I, I think is the gist of where I was getting with that. And I think ASU had a chance to be on pretty solid ground and was about to move in a, in a pretty talented direction that allowed them to be stabilized. And frankly, as much as he's a frustration and he seems to be to, to borrow the Jamino uh, uh, utilization of plateauing, Hurley has some athletes there. ASU is better with Hurley on the sideline. Now it's a limited better. You know, but they're better than they have been where they've been nothing but a forgettable also ran that wins 10 games a year. So if Anderson was able to do those sorts of things with a president that didn't really have a particularly good understanding of what was going on or didn't care about the athletic situation, uh, it'll be it's going to be an interesting hire from here. But I think, you know, and I know it's easy to say from an Arizona standpoint, and I do a very bad job in these sorts of situations. That's not true. Of playing off this whole, you know, ha-ha, yada, yada, all, all, all the rest of this, you know, the rivalry thing. So I apologize for those folks uh, uh, for my uh, lack of delivery in that regard. But I think Arizona State always has potential to be a factor. And I think um, the fact now with NIL that being in the Valley with the money that the Phoenix area has allows them uh, to have potential to be a player in this at some point again. When that point is, who the heck knows? Will they ever be a player in men's basketball the way that the Big 12 is loaded? Probably not. Uh, that's going to be a tough call. But can they be? Can, can they be a good football team? I think that's possible. And oh. then it brings eyes. You know, it brings eyes to your athletic program, despite uh, the negativity that Crow brings to the equation. All right, Steve Martinez is asking about the Colombo framed picture. This is yeah. this is fair. He is asking, um, why is it framed? And he says, I'm old enough to remember Colombo. Um, is this uh, this framed picture? By the way, is that supposed to be Bruce Pasco? Over your right uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> Lute Olson yeah, Bruce Pascoe. That's Colombo. true. Yeah, that's true. And they have similar hair in that photo as well. Uh, let, me, let me see. Uh, oh, can you, can, you remove it from, can you remove it from the wall? Uh, yeah, sure. Hey, uh, do you want me it. to try? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's see it. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, here. This yeah, hold on, uh, hey. hold on. We, I will talk while you remove Colombo. The southern, the, 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 the southern postgame podcast is certainly yes. one for the ages. Let, let me see what by, I can do. By the way, Ben, you know the story about Lute Olson calling uh, Bruce, our good friend Bruce Pascoe Colombo, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, but yes. let's hear it again. Yeah, uh, so Bruce asks a lot of questions, and he called him Colombo because this is, this is Colombo, a.k.a. Bruce Pascoe. Okay, Shu, where did you get this? Fill us all in. I don't know if it's that exciting, but we are doing a post-game show for a, for a matchup where Arizona won by about 45 points. So right. uh, this is a print by uh, an artist who did uh, a, a, an original version of this that Peter Falk liked. So in the print, I think there are 250 of these. And I decided, you know what? I really like Columbo, and that's a pretty good-looking print. So 
I am going to buy that and then put it in a $12 frame uh, because that's about all I can afford after uh, paying the amount of money that I did for the print. And it's going to show up on a lot of PHNX broadcasts. Shoot, the, for uh, our younger audience. Uh -huh. And um, I know, you but okay, the okay. Mugshot, Mugshot 318, help him out. He goes, who's Columbo? Oh, Wow. Oh, I, I, I should. Okay. My mugshot. I apologize. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> great mugshot. Three, eight mugshot. I apologize for the wow there because, uh, some, sometimes there are, there are equally references that you can make, uh, generationally that I will not understand as well. So I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to be disparaging there. Um, in the 1970s, uh, Columbo was a detective show that played on something called the NBC Mystery Movie. It aired on Sunday nights. It was a rotating program. Uh, they were usually 90 minutes to two hours long. Uh, they, they played on something called the Sunday Night Mystery Movie, something like that on NBC. On after uh, the and, Mod and, Squad. And, uh, no, Mod Squad was, I believe, an ABC show. Come on, Mike. Luke, you know better than that. You're a big Link fan. I'll take you know it up with Tad. That. Take it up with Tad, not me. Uh, all right. Uh, Sunday nights. So on, so you had a rotating list, Macmillan and Wife, McLeod with Dennis Weaver, where uh, the which was basically McLeod was a cowboy from New Mexico solving crimes in New York City. That was the gimmick. That show ran for seven years. Uh, Macmillan and Wife was the most popular of the bunch. And then there was Columbo. Columbo is is a very dilapidated detective who brings a lot of rich people down to their knees. Think. Think Murder She Wrote before Murder She Wrote. It's kind of the same concept done by the same people. Uh, if that helps at all, and if that doesn't mixed help, mixed in with all, a little Matlock and whatsoever. Perry Mason. Um, Matlock and Perry Mason is the bad example. Matlock and Murder She Wrote are much more connected to Columbo uh, as they were shows afterward uh, than it would be the other way around. Columbo and and, and Peter Falk's representation of Columbo, I think, is one of the best character performances in American television. And a lot of younger people, I've seen this on Reddit. So if it's on Reddit, take it for what it's worth. A lot of younger people who have viewed Columbo like Columbo a lot. Uh, so if it's something that you want to get into, I know sometimes older shows are difficult to watch. Columbo's worth checking out. And there are a lot of good episodes there. And a lot of the actors who are the criminals are uh, do, do a very good job. And Steve is right. Peter Falk would indeed back the A, and he backed the A all the way to breaking down the baddie who murdered, who you knew made the murder in every episode. It's a great show. It's 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 a great show and worth checking out if you want to binge something because you're sick of watching Game of Thrones for the 38th time. I've actually watched um I've actually watched almost every Matlock episode. So um, I actually uh, had a uh, conversation with my grandma because she was obsessed with Matlock. I think she had a crush on Ben Matlock, and um, no, she uh, was not the only one, right? And uh, uh, Angela Lansbury, she didn't have a crush on Angela Lansbury, no. but not, not to my knowledge, anyways. Mm -hmm. But I would always ask her this because <clears throat> she would talk about how this was a really going to be a really good episode. I would ask her this every single time, and she never would have an answer. Why would anybody ever hang out with Ben Matlock or Angela Lansbury? Because they're likely to be murdered. That's well, especially with Angela Lansbury, because we all know that Angela Lansbury was the greatest serial killer in the history of television. 
I don't understand. Everywhere why. she, I, I mean, Cabot she Cove. Pit, she picked you, off half left Cabot, and right. Cabot Cove had a population of something like 300. And by the end of the show's run, 260 of them were dead. What's the coincidence? Every time Angela Lansbury went to New York City, what happened? Dead. Every time. Every time. Anytime Angela, if Angela Lansbury went to Hawaii, guess what happened? Someone got killed in Hawaii. At what point do you get to the point where you say, this ain't coincidence anymore? You know who would have figured that out? Columbo. Because Columbo would have, we would have seen in the first 10 minutes of the episode how Angela Lansbury killed everybody and then convinced people who didn't kill them that they did kill them. She was also an incredible hypnotist in, in addition to being an amazing serial killer. But Columbo also created by the same people who made Murder, She Wrote, would have brought down Angela Lansbury. Did you ever and, watch uh, Diagnosis yeah, Murder with Dick Van Dyke? Absolutely. Barry Van Dyke? Mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of, I, I thought that was a little more cheesy, but... Uh, it was, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was. I mean, it was no Arizona knocking off Southern by 45, but it did have Dick Van Dyke. All right, on that note, let's talk, let's wrap this one up real quick. Jacob Franklin is laughing behind the scenes. I have this on good... Uh, all right. Um, this was an ugly win for the Wildcats. I don't care. Win is a win. They took over after the uh, the technical uh, three quarters of the game. I like this team. I think John Schuster is going to uh, be an oracle of knowledge when it comes to uh, Arizona being ranked number one. Ben it's White better I than see being an oracle and miracle mile. I'll tell you that. Uh, ben White, yes, very much so. Ben White, John Schuster. What say you? No, I, I just said. <laughs> go ahead, Ben. Wrap it up. <laughs> I think you couldn't have said it better there, Mike Luke. And yes, Gilbert, I am sitting here over here like these boomers, although Mike Luke is not a boomer. I'm not a boomer at all. I'm close Luke, to a boomer. The way Mike Luke talks and thinks, though, you would think he's 55 years old at times. So yeah, am, there, there, there is that for sure. But no, ugly win, finished. It's how you finish, right? Arizona has been in situations like this in the past, whether it's last year, the last two years under Lloyd, where they play down to the competition. They kind of sleepwalk through that first half. But tonight, you're able to make it all click. Get the ball inside, start making some shots, spread the ball out, take care of this team that uh, had no length, no size whatsoever. And uh, you get ready for a, a game on Friday. You actually have some real rest in front of you. So we'll see what the rotation looks like against uh, Belmont on Friday. Does it matter that uh, if you were 55, you'd actually be Gen X now? Well, you're only 41. Uh, 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 remember how we forgot the ones earlier in the episode? Yes, keep adding ones to that. You're probably in the general neighborhood. Mike, Ben, it's darn fine to see you, and it's always a pleasure. Right, Bugshot, our guy. We'll leave on a we'll leave on a warm fuzzy to Mike Luke right here. Mike's, Mike's <laughs> basketball knowledge is that of a 55 year old. I will take it. Uh, there's way too many kids dispensing cold pricklies and not enough warm fuzzies in this day and age. More warm fuzzies, less cold pricklies. On that note, all of you guys out there, thanks for putting up with our nonsense. This was fantastic. The great Jacob Franklin behind the scenes. Oh, by the way, Robert Madrill is John Sh is shoe 411 years old. He's pretty well. Yeah, I, well, Generation Stonehenge, right? And. B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A, running from the D-E-A. On that note, for Ben White, John Schuster, I will be back with you tomorrow. Uh, Aaron Torres from Fox Sports Radio coming on at uh, 1030. The link will be in the morning, and uh, when the links are out early, that means that Jacob Franklin did his job. If they're not out early, you blame Jacob Franklin for that, not me. Follow him at Jacob <laughs> underscore Franklin 4. On that note, thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats postgame.